When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 115, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become that influential voice in your industry with a podcast. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. My guest today says, I'm not in competition with anyone but myself to be the best version of myself every day. That is, I love that. That's a principle that we can live by ourselves. So joining me on today's show is Melissa Smith. Melissa is the founder and the CEO of The PVA, as well as the Association of Virtual Assistants. She's also the best-selling author of Hire the Right Virtual Assistant and Become a Successful Virtual Assistant. Now on today's show, Melissa is going to share that everything that we want is on the other side of our fear. She's also going to share that I didn't start to stop. However, my business didn't grow or build in a traditional step-by-step or step-by-step side fashion. She's also going to talk about doing business on your own is not possible, but why would you ever want that in the first place? And so much more. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thanks for having me, Amy. I'm so excited to be here and speak with your audience. Yes. As we were talking about uh, when we were going live um, and people who are watching the video over on Facebook will certainly be able to, to catch that conversation. VA, virtual assistants, are just so integral in the growth of our business. We're going to share more about that, but I'd love to hear your story. How did you become a, a, a VA? Yes, it was not a plan for me at all. It was always a plan to be an assistant. Yeah. My mom was an assistant. I actually went to secretary school back then when that's what we were called. Uh, I spent 15 years as an executive assistant. It was everything I ever wanted to do. And then suddenly in September of 2012, my husband committed suicide and then everything in the world changed. Mm. And suddenly I found myself moving back home across the states then i moved back to where i had been living again because my daughter wanted to to finish high school where she had started and all these things just started happening and in the process of it i had this really great job that i absolutely loved mm -hmm. in in california where i was from but it wasn't best for my family so I had to move back to Georgia and I went to my boss. I'd been there less than a year and I said, I have to go. I'm sorry. And he said, you know, we don't want to lose you. How can we keep you? And I thought, well, I don't actually need to be in the office. I could do what I do from anywhere virtually. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, let's do that. So I became the first remote employee for that company. And a few months later, contracts were sent out for the next school year because it was a school and I just had this feeling of 
what if I could do this for myself? And without a plan, <laughs> without a vision, I was so naive. It was probably for the best, but I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I think it's now or never. I'm going to take this shot and I'm going to start my own virtual assistant company. Wow. And the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> at that time, um, the fact that your business or the company that you're working for at the time, it was the very first virtual team member. I mean, obviously now that, that, that term is now used, you know, where we have and we have global people going globally and certainly being able to do business from their, their laptop. But just take us back, back to that time as you started your own business, were there hurdles that you needed to, um, to overcome in the viewpoint point of when you approached businesses and you kind of recommended the virtual approach that, you know, again, what, what was the feedback that you got initially? Oh gosh, everything was a hurdle. <laughs> I really had no clue. I knew how to be an assistant. I did not know how to be a business owner. Yeah. And those are two separate things. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't understand what uh, a proposition value was. I didn't understand how not trading my time for money was not going to allow me to scale as a business. I didn't understand what it meant to sell the sizzle, not the steak. I, I don't, I still don't think I have that one down. <laughs> uh, there was all these phrases that people just kept on throwing out at me. And not to mention all the times that someone said, that's just not going to work. Yeah. Like, sorry, not going to work. I have an app for that. And I, I literally went to a networking event, not to sell my services, just to meet other people, just to meet other entrepreneurs. Mm. And I had this man tell me, I'll never forget it. At, he told me, he said, you are the most forgettable person I've ever met. You're never going to make it. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> and at that moment, I, I, I literally just was like, wow, okay. And then I laughed it off. And as yeah. I told people the story, they were like, oh my gosh, did you punch him? Did you get upset? Like, what did you do? How could you someone say that? And I said, you know what? That's now I'm starting to get what people are talking about. Mm. He's not my kind of people. Mm. I couldn't, I don't remember his name. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I wouldn't recognize him if I saw him walking down the street because he's not someone who mm. is ever going to bring value into my life or we obviously don't have things in common. I would never be friends with someone <laughs> who would say that to somebody else. And that's when I realized, okay, this is what it means to have a proposition value. This is, mm. a, this is what it means to know who your tribe is or know who you are, you should associate yourself with yes. because they will be able to speak to you in a way that will be positive. They'll mm. be able to encourage you. They'll be able to share with you. They'll be able to answer your difficult questions by pulling you up, not bringing you down. Yeah. I like love everything in the world was a hurdle. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you've shared that. The reason I say that is because in business, we often think, oh, I'd love to work my own hours, choose the clients I want to work with, work when I want to work. And as you said, we realize quite abruptly often, oh, okay, it's not just putting an ad out or sharing a post on Facebook and then fielding all of the calls that are coming in. But one of the things that will often be a barrier, particularly if we've already got a bit of doubt and fear um, with, with all of the decisions we need to make and the plans we have, when we have other people that criticize and tell us, and sometimes consistently across a number of different people, because they don't have our, our the vision that we have, nor are they our ideal clients really, because at that time when we're starting, we just want to work with anyone and everyone, don't we? Because we want we want to get that business uh, flowing in. 
What did you do at that stage? I mean, was the conversations with the people that you did trust and who were able to speak positivity into your life, was that very, uh, was that integral? And what were some of the steps that you took? So, and I'm asking you to share that because someone may be sitting back and not taking action because they've been told by some person who is unforgettable that, hey, your idea is just not going to work. So what insights can you share? So. I definitely get plugged in to an amazing organization. Yeah. Uh, that would be number one. Mm -hmm. uh, it's why I created a foundation. I was part of an, or an association. It's why I, I began with an association. I knew that I needed help. I needed, I needed a lot of help. Um, and what I also quickly found out was that the little wins that I had, I needed someone to celebrate those with. Mm -hmm the the things that actually might get a person down we're, we're gritty we're tough we're gonna make it we we're determined we're gonna do this mm -hmm. and what i found was that not having anyone to share your small wins with was actually worse than not having to share your bad moments with wow so though that's definite key and then after that decide what what you're really going after what is it that you really want? Yes, I really wanted freedom and flexibility. Yes, I really wanted to pick my own clients. Those are all benefits, as, mm. as we would say them now as business owners. But what did I really want out of life? What was I willing to burn my bridges for? Mm. And when I think about that and the lifestyle that I wanted to have, I just knew that, okay, if it's going to be a numbers game, if that's where they're going to pose it, it's going to be a numbers game, then I need to go out and get all my rejections out of the way. Mm. I needed to get all those out of the way so I could finally piece together what is not a rejection for me. Mm -hmm. And what that looked like for me was doing a lot of networking. I was meeting a lot of people and I was getting all that feedback that my coach was telling me, you need to get feedback, you need to get responses. Mm. Well, I didn't have a following. I didn't have an email group. I didn't have any newsletter list. Who was I supposed to ask? So I went out and I was doing networking and I was meeting all these people and educating them on virtual assistants and, and what we do and how we could help them. And then at the end of the conversation, they would say, great, can I hire you? And I said, no. And they would look at me like I was crazy. And I said, well, you know, I'm just not that type of virtual assistant. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I could possibly do the work, but it's really not going to be the best investment for you. you. You really want someone who knows their stuff in this area. Mm. And they would say, well, where, where does one find this person? I thought, gosh, I know tons of people. Like, I'll make an introduction for you. And then about a year later is when I had a light bulb moment. And I thought, I wonder if someone would pay me to do this. <laughs> And so I tried it and they did. And that's when I realized this is my, this is my career. Yes. This is what I'm going to be doing. Um, and then I started my matchmaking business. I wrote a bestseller on the subject and really it just came down to, I decided that I wanted this lifestyle. I was going to, you know, I was going to get there, mm. but I was going to get there in a way that I was doing something that I loved and I was assisting other people but I was going to work with someone and piece it all together mm. as I went. And as I started working together, I started piecing it together. Um, I just, just really went out and had action because I just don't believe you can go out and put things out in the world and not get a reaction back. Yeah. And if you're putting positive things out, out then a positive reaction mm -hmm. will come back. Yeah. And you know, uh, but I sat home, you know, waiting or 
putting messages out or not being active, um, that's not taking, that's not taking control. No, that's waiting for proactive. someone else. I was going to yeah. go out and I was going to meet someone, <laughs> whether they wanted to meet or not. If you came to that networking event, you're going to meet me tonight. Yeah. What I loved about how you've gone out and you've taken action and you've reached out through the networking events that you've attended and gotten feedback. I think even um, in the no's that you get and the feedback that you get, even if it didn't turn into business, there's incredible learnings there and insights because if you see a pattern of what people are giving you feedback then you can change the way that you approach and I think so often as business owners when we get a no we completely discredit and kind of push it to the side without going well let me reflect on this is there some learnings that I can take from this are they going to be helpful for me sometimes it's no not really other times well you know what let's tweak let's tweak how I'm approaching things but I also love what you've said and I want to re-emphasize re this because so often we can end up if we're not careful running a business that we end up hating because we've allowed the market to determine how we deliver the services or what we deliver the service. And you said right at the beginning, no, we're not a good fit because you weren't trying to shape or mold yourself into what your client wanted. And I think we're at a stage now in, in business where even with VAs and any other service-based provider, you need to know where your strengths lie. You need to know what kind of business model that you, you really want want and stay firm to that and what you've done build great you know business around referrals which has become part of your business share a little bit more about that because it can take courage to say no to opportunities but in the long term you're actually saying yes or opening up the space to that yes when that ideal client who's happy to work in the way that you want to work and providing the service in the area that you know you can do your best work yes Yes, and it comes back to that that lifestyle that I was so determined to have. And when I work with VAs now on finding who that ideal client is for them and they struggle, and I said, Well, okay, well let's let's reverse engineer that. Who do you absolutely not want to work and with? And out comes a long list. <laughs> and that go yeah, and then okay, now we're working it. Now yeah. we're getting it. And now think of the people who just want to throw money at you. They're like, let me throw money at Melissa mm. to solve this problem. Those are my kind of people. Mm. What values do we share? They're, they're usually people like me. Uh, we, we tend to attract people like us yeah. uh, that have the same values, the same share, the same uh, core, not necessarily strengths, but core way of, of thinking. Uh, I am definitely a person who wants to hire someone to do a lot of work for me and I want a done for you service. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's no stretch that my clients also want a done for you service. Mm -hmm. Now, other people really want to be involved in, in the nitty gritty of it. And so it's, it's very common for a VA to also really love to be in like the nitty gritty of things. Mm -hmm. And when you're thinking about, you know, am I going to turn this person away? Am I, Am I going to lose this? Am, am I missing an opportunity here? It really just comes down to mindset. And for me, it was never about what am I going to lose uh, if I don't take this, this client on. And I always positioned it as who am I going to miss out on if mm. I take this person? Yes. If, I, if I'm not taking advantage of the things that I want to bring into my life, 
then how will I take advantage of building on those things to get to the next level? Yes. O- they will only hold me back. And from likewise, in the other direction, I have to have that same mindset for my clients. I could have only held them back for very mm-hmm. selfish purposes while someone else could have gone in and just helped them catapult their business. And it's not fair for me to do that to myself. And it's not mm. fair for me to do that to somebody else either. Yes. One of the things that I uh, often say to all of my clients, and especially uh, if they want to become an authority or, or someone who's highly respected as being an expert in that industry. And I think with VAs, you know, they've got incredible skills. Some are really gifted technically, others love organizing events, whatever it might be. And I'm sure you say this to your clients too, but I'd love you to speak more into this because quite often as business owners, we think if I the more services I provide, the better I'll be. But actually, the more niched you are, the more specialized you become, the higher prices because you almost are in demand because you're seen as that expert. So what sort of um, advice would you give for maybe business owners who are thinking about, um, you know, specializing? And, and I mean, if you're a VA or if you're a, a business owner who's providing a service, this is going to be relevant no matter where, where you're placed. What were some of the things and, and what are some of the things that you share? Because that can be scary because it's almost like, again, turning away business, where in actual fact, we're not. Yes. And I come across this a lot. In fact, I'm reading a book right now and there's to talk about being a specialist brain yes. versus being a generalist. Yeah. And it's saying that generalists have uh, a benefit and they're, and they're thriving in a world of specialists. But that's not really the term because what they're I, what they're mm. pigeonholing specialists mm. as is being closed-minded and not open mm. to other ideas while they're saying generalists are pulling and basically crowdsourcing their ideas. And you can be a specialist and still crowdsource your ideas. Mm. The purpose really behind being a specialist is to make sure that one, I really know what I'm, what I'm saying. I really know how to anticipate your needs. I'm going to help you get to the questions and the answers that you don't even know to ask yet. Then above and beyond that, I can be instrumental in not only the trends that are being set, but in creating those trends. Mm -hmm. And now I actually can spend more time crowdsourcing on how other industries are doing it and how that could work in my industry. I have to spend a lot less time learning something as a specialist rather than a generalist. And I keep on jumping around Mm -hmm. all the time. And that is the kind of, that's the kind of security that clients are looking for. Mm -hmm. Right. When I hire someone, I want to know that they have the ability, not just to take me where I want to go, but take me beyond that. Mm. Someone who can grow with me. It's a lot to cycle through coaches. It's a lot to cycle through consultants. It's a lot to cycle through virtual assistants. Mm -hmm. And the longer I can keep someone because they are specialized, but yet they have this outside perspective not to pigeonhole me. I think that's where the real value comes in. Mm. And that's why you can charge a higher price. Uh, certainly not everyone has to hire me. I, I mean, I've written books. If you, you know, can't afford to work with me all on paper, uh, mm-hmm. have at it. I, I created them for you. I, I held nothing back, but working with someone and hiring that person and being able to, to work with them on a consistent basis, that takes people to another level. 
Mm. And we think about athletes and particularly Olympic athletes. And I like to use Olympic athletes because what Olympic athletes endure is many, many times above what even a national athlete was willing to endure Mm. to get to the next level. Yes. And when we think of the coaches for those individuals, no one would ever hire a generalist coach for an Olympic athlete. But yet we're mental athletes. We need a specialist who knows our things. And, and even if you're a coach, there's tons of coaches. Are you an executive coach? Are you a life set coach, a life uh, coach, mindset coach, or your weight loss coach? Mm-hmm. Are you a coach for the over 50? What mid career? There's so many things like get really specific yes. on that. And not only will you be able to, you know, set the, set the bar, um, but you'll also be able to set the expectations mm-hmm. and know where your people are and more importantly they'll know how to find you yeah for sure i couldn't agree with you uh more i mean you only have to think of some of the other professions if you had to go to get uh, brain surgery would you go to a generalist or would you go to a specialist who has done many many brain surgeries you know um a neurosurgeon obviously heart specialists uh, i mean it's right. the specialists that are able to um to to really charge higher premium and and i know for some businesses and no matter what industry they're in they're thinking yeah but that's the medical industry no i i know as a business owner if i'm looking for someone to support me i'm going to ask for a specialist because mm-hmm. i know that they've they've got a, a deeper learning of experience and often it's the time frame and and the what not to do and the mistakes to avoid that that you're tapping into that that knowledge and and that experience of course and uh, that's how we how we can really grow our businesses a lot quicker as as well now one of the things that you were saying is that you didn't grow your business or build it in a step-by-step fashion I mean you've already shared kind of that some of the journey but are there other things that you have done that in hindsight you can see have been really integral to the ongoing growth and evolving of of your business Yes, I did the things that are cliche to do and not doing something step by step as an assistant. It really is painful. Mm. We work on steps. We build steps. We Mm. reread the entire book. We don't skip ahead. This was something that was completely out of the ordinary for me. And Mm. it, it was painful not to have a resource, which is why I wrote one, um, what to do. But even in the book, I say, these steps can happen, not in, not, you know, one after the other opportunity does not come with neon flashing signs. So you really do have to keep your eye open for the opportunity, knowing that it could be completely different than what you thought. So the cliche things that I did were, I said, yes, when I wasn't ready yet, I said, yes, when I wasn't sure and I'd never done this thing before. I took risks and I hired a coach before I even had income to hire her because I thought, well, I'm not gonna make it without her. At least I know now I have a chance because I don't have a chance on my own. These are all things that people had said and they they made sense, but when you have to do it yourself, man, is it scary. <laughs> And so I did those things. And I remember, you know, when I said yes, it wasn't something that I just had never done before, but Mm. there's a first time for everything. 
And when people ask you to do something for them and you've done it over and over, or you, people keep asking you to do the same thing over and over, mm -hmm. that's a sign. That's a sign that they see something in you. And I've met with so many business owners and I say, oh, is that part of your service? And they would say, no, I wouldn't even know what to charge for that. It's <sighs> like, I could do that in my sleep. And I've been doing that for years. Oh, that's a hobby. Mm. And I'm thinking, but no, that's a real service. It's easy for you. It hurts my brain to think about it. And I don't want to think about it. I would rather just hire you as well. Yeah. And those are often the times where we have to have this like entrepreneurial moment. And I wouldn't have never considered myself a natural entrepreneur. And one of the main reasons was, is I didn't know how to monetize. And when people want to pay you to do something, you need to take it because yeah. I know it seems like people are just throwing money out at people all the time. They're not. Mm. It's not easy for someone to part ways with their money. I don't care how much they have. They have a lot of money because they're good with it. Mm -hmm. If someone is offering to pay you money, take the risk, take the chance and do it. Uh, they see something in you mm -hmm. and you know, the first time I got paid to match a client with the VA was frightening when I was doing it for free and being successful at it. It never occurred to me to be scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that interesting? That's so true. We, we tend to put the bar so high on something that we've been doing. You would have been doing this for, I don't know how long and, and successfully well, because otherwise you wouldn't have been asked continuously. Can you help me, you know, do, do that? It's so interesting. As you say that I'm sure we can all resonate with you. Now, doing business on your own is not possible, you say. And why would you ever want to do that? I think as business owners, when we get to a stage where we're growing our business and we need that additional support, it can be scary because, you know, for many of us, we might be a little bit of what we call that control freak or perfectionist, you know, that, well, I might as well do it myself because by the time I train someone else to do that, I mean, all of those excuses. However, we then remain the bottlenecks of our business. For someone who's listening or watching today and thinking, you know, after hearing Melissa speak, I can see that I could benefit from outsourcing, from, from obviously hiring and investing in someone to be part of my team. What would be a good place to start? Because there could be a myriad of different tasks, but it, there may be a good step-by-step, -step, you love, love those steps, to help the business owner get, you know, integral tasks to the, the VA, but in a way that can be done as a sustaining opportunity. Because I, I've also heard the horror stories where a, a VA has been hired, yet because the business owner is not uh, thinking strategically, kind of throws all of these tasks over and not in a very organized way. So the VA doesn't end up being able to support the business owner the best that he or she can, because there's just no structure, there's no thought behind you know that. So what are some things that they would need to consider to really make this relationship bloom from the moment that they start working together? Sure. Well, it actually starts before you get the work together. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest mistake people make. So one, really know how you want to communicate with this person. Yeah. If, you know, your friend has the greatest VA ever, but your friend's VA only takes people who log into a system and you're never that person who wants to log into a system, then it's not it's gonna, gonna work. work. I don't care how great this person is. It has to be a communication style that's really easy for you. So mm -hmm. if you like to just pick up the phone, if you'd rather text, if you like to Facebook message, email, first 
get that out of the way. Then decide, okay, what, why am I really hiring this person? Is it because I'm not spending enough time on my business? Is it because of the repetitive tasks? Is it because I, I've been putting off writing this book forever, yet I can't find the time? I, I have time debt. I keep on borrowing hours and working weekends. Really get specific on the impact that you want this person to make. And then the next step is when you begin your search is, are you this person's ideal client? Mm. And you can figure this out by looking at their website, looking at their social media profiles. Are they saying things that really resonate with you? Do they use the same kind of verbiage? Um, do they identify as someone who works with mompreneurs or entrepreneurs or the solopreneur? What are they saying in their messaging that could have come out of your mouth? Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's another great place to start. And then when you think about actual tasks and assignments and, and what you really want to, to get, I always recommend starting small. So the average client only uses a VA about five to 10 hours a week. If that's even scary for you, start with a project. Start with something that it can have a definite start and end date and work your way through it. Uh, I always like to start off my clients with a 12-week onboarding process and work backwards because then you know exactly where you want to be at the end of 12 weeks. You have written out what you're afraid that might take you off track. Uh, you know your minimums. You know what you would consider a failure. This didn't get done. And everything is very, very clear. There's no room for ambiguity. But let's say you didn't want to start off with 12 weeks. What if you just did an FAQ? So most of your time is spent answering the same questions over and over again. Maybe your FAQ is not updated. Maybe for some reason you have it, but your clients aren't seeing it. That's a, that's a sign that it needs to be somewhere else. It needs to be more visible. You need to bring more attention to it. How can this VA get that for you and take that off your plate? How did you work together for that? Really think about something that has this immediate impact. I know it's really fun to start with the larger project, like that thing that you want to launch, but that's usually not the best place to start unless you're gonna really build that 12-week foundation. If you really want to get to the, the bottom of it and you wanna start somewhere and you're not really sure, maybe you don't have a large budget, you've never made this kind of investment before, you're you know, afraid mm. to not do it all yourself, these, these kinds of projects that are have a specific start and a specific end date, mm -hmm. uh, specific goals. It's much easier to determine. It takes the immediate weight off your shoulders now. Those are the tasks that you want to start with. Those are the projects and those are the assignments. Yeah. And then really allow your VA to come in and say, hey, I think this might be a best practice. Mm -hmm. I think this is why uh, your, your clients aren't seeing it. It's buried here. Let's mm -hmm. move it over here. Or you know what, we keep on getting these messages on, on Facebook. What if we had a few qualifying questions and mm. then a few resources we could send out and then just take in the clients that are really good fit for you. Yeah, um, all nice. these things are, are ways for that VA to not only show you they can do the task, um, but they could actually do a really great job if, if you let them do their thing. Yeah, I um, have, and I can't remember who I've heard this often. It's probably a, a number of different organizations and, and leadership coaches and mentors is that whenever we have got miscommunication with our team, because we are the leaders of our team, we really need to point the finger at ourselves. You know, how can we have better communicated that? Um, have we perhaps not followed up with our team? 
remember? Um, did we not give the information correctly? Whatever it might be. And so, you know, often we feel like passing the buck or, or blaming someone else. But really, as the leader of our business, the buck stops with us. And I love the fact that you've encouraged us to start small because with any relationships, you need to know each other's styles, even though you may appreciate that you've got a similar, you know, a like-minded approach. You've still got your little nuances and things, you know, your likes and your dislikes. And starting off with something really easy is better than a major launch project where you know things are just going to to, to be yeah. challenged anyway. So you don't want to start off uh, and, and that. Do the, the start the small, get the systems in place, establish the parameters, and then from there certainly uh, move and evolve. Loved our conversation today. Very, very important uh, topics and insights. Share, Melissa, if you will, how can people find out more about you and of course the association. Absolutely, you can find out more about me on our site, associationofvas.com, uh, my personal site, thepva.com. You can find me very, very active on LinkedIn. Uh, you'll find me on Facebook and, and Twitter, the PVA. And of course, by email, which is my preferred method of communication, uh, melissa at associationofvas.com or melissa at thepva.com. Fantastic. Well, thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Amory. You've been listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>